Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with me for just a couple of minutes. Here, our focus is being better and healthier than yesterday. Are you better? Are you healthier than you were yesterday? Here, we don't compare ourselves to him or to her. We compare ourselves to who we were yesterday. Self-improvement has no end. Health has no finish line. There are lifelong journeys where we take it one day at a time, and here we do it together. So let's do this. Before I get into the main content, if you want to get in contact with me, email and Instagram are the best ways to get in contact. Email me at benpagedc at gmail.com and on Instagram, benpagedc. And if you listen to this, go to Instagram, tag me on the episode, and I'll tag you right back and we get to know each other. I love to get to know the community and I would love to get to know you. So let's get on to the main content. Just a quick heads up before you get in the main content. The, at the very end, you're going to see a 10-second spot where we lose total connection. Don't worry about it. We'll get right back into it. But just to let you know, 10 seconds are going to go blank, and then it'll continue. Welcome back to another great episode of the Wellness Farmer Podcast. I am bringing back a guest that I've learned so much from that that's why I'm bringing him back. This is the second time he's on. It's James Fuller. He uses weights to help people feel their best. And as I continue to learn about health, the more I, the more weight we put against our muscles and our bones, it seems like the better off we'll be as time goes on. And that's how I've been continuing to develop in how I am. And that's why he's been such a huge help in my, in my, in my life and how I'm, and how I'm improving. So that's why I want to bring him back on and we'll talk about we're today we're, we're going to talk about a specific part of the body. So I'm really excited to have him on and talk about that. But before we get into that, uh, James, welcome back. I want to give just a, a brief introduction to the, to all the new listeners that maybe haven't gotten to know you. And if you haven't listened to his episode, um, go back and listen to which is a couple episodes back about six or seven episodes i should have had the number but i don't have the number but i'll get that in the show notes uh so james yeah uh, yeah hey there uh james fuller uh born again christian uh been training over 35 years i'll be 50 pretty soon Um, and i just like to help people move better and feel better using weights I help them get as flexible as they want and uh, help them get pain-free. That's my goal. And I try to make it simple. I'm always promoting, hey, if you get a barbell, a couple of adjustable dumbbells and some plates, you can get as strong and as mobile as you want. You don't need a lot of fancy equipment. You don't need a power rack. Uh, you, you'd be amazed at how much you can get done on your own. And that's why, that's why I appreciate your work so much. Simple. I mean, my whole... Every, Ever since I started in 2015, I've been trying to simplify health. That's what I've been trying to do because it's become so complicated. Everyone looking at macro and micro and just so much that you get so confused. So I can bring that down. That's what my whole first book was about was the four pillars of health to just simplify health. So that's why I appreciate you so much and and everything that you're doing out there. And I see how you're growing and I love it because you're helping so many people. But today, yeah, I would like to Today, I'd like to talk about a specific area of the body and how we can uh, strengthen it and flex it because it's so important to have the combination of strength and flexibility to live a life that's just a little bit higher in quality, or in other words, less pain, more movement, more mobility, more strength. And, and that's that's uh, the hip joint, the hip joint. And a lot of people come to me and they talk about the hip joint. And it's funny because... I've had the same kind of problem. So this is why it's kind of interesting. I remember back 
one of these, one of my podcasts, a couple of podcasts back, I was talking about how I went on a hunt. I went on an elk hunt and we went about five miles in and to get the elk. So we walked, we hiked in. So I had my backpack with everything and the, and the rifle. We hiked in about five miles and yeah, we got the elk. So how were we going to do? We had to put all that on our backs and hike it out five miles. And I remember right, right, having right, my right. backpack, rifle and, and three quarter, uh, not three I would say two thirds of the meat on my back. I mean, it was to the point where I, I, ha to, I had to stand up. And you had to put the, the backpack on me because I couldn't stand up with the weight on because there's so much weight. <laughs> and right, I remember walking right, right. out of that. And then once we were done with that, I remember going back to work the following week. And I remember my right hip feeling funky. I'm like, whoa, what's up yeah. with that? And I felt that. So I, I've had the same experiences. And I know it's not just one event. It's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a combination of movements and, and, and positions that our body adapts to that you eventually cause it. But I want well, talking if about you, if you get a uh -huh. problem with your car at 40, and you take it out and do 80. Those problems at 40 are going to be magnified at 80. So exactly. Hiking five miles is one thing with whatever issues you already had. I mean, you didn't train for it. You didn't purposely make sure the hip was all set and ready to go. So <laughs> doing a five mile hike with all the extras just exacerbated the condition. You know? Oh yeah. And it was, it was, I mean, like I'm saying, it was a ton of weight. I couldn't even stand up with the weight. I tried it first. I was like, I can't get out. Right. And so I was like, all right. right, stand up. We'll put the backpack on and then we'll go. And we, right. and we, and we hiked right. out. Yeah. And it was, but, and, and since then it's, it's kind of come and go and I continue to work on it, but it's never, it's never felt a hundred percent. Except, and, and now it's starting to feel a lot better because I'm doing things, but I'd like to talk about that. I mean, hip problems. So many people have hip problems and we're not talking about just a true hip. We're talking sacroiliac, but I would like to go, I'd like to go hip joint and lower back region. What, what are the, what are, what are, let's just get into it. What are, let's, let's start out with, with what, what you do stretching wise with those type of problems or how do you help people? Well, I, I, uh, pretty much go with the idea that everyone is either more pulled to the right or more pulled to the left because people are either left-handed or right-handed so uh, I think it's I think it's too bad and it's a it's a it's a shame that we're not addressing that when we take people on to train them the first thing we should assess is are they left side dominant or right side dominant which means they're going to be better at bending and twisting the torso to that side or using the muscles on that side and the first thing we should do is really try to balance out that left to right tendency, uh, the left or right dominance. We should try to balance that back, you know, bring that back. And I think, I think not doing that. So instead we start people on squats and, it, and we're not even addressing that you're favoring one hit one side, one hip or one side more than the other. And you think you're doing them a favor and you're not because if you squat, you're always going to favor the stronger side whether you know it or not, especially we're not talking athletes. We're not talking high level athletes. We're talking regular people, mom and pops uh, with a job and a house payment and a car payment or two. And we really need to treat them um, differently than you would an athlete. You can do stuff with a high level athlete, with a talented athlete, but you can't do with other people. And so to automatically throw them on a squat when it should be, well, maybe you ought to start on side lunges and see what kind of difference there is on side lunges. What's the mobility and strength and dexterity, coordination, speed difference? Let's try to even that up for three or four weeks. Then we'll have them introduced into squats. And so real I, quick. And I think that's a big thing that we're ignoring with training people is, is that, uh, that thing that they're already 
different, you know. So me being left-handed, I'm gonna I'm gonna always be able to twist more to my left side. I'm gonna have a little bit more strength on my left side, and right. that's probably one of the reasons why it was the right hip that were, that I felt funky right. after that huge. Right. And I should be working more on the right than on the left, so we can balance those out. And I loved how you said that. Well, let's see what it feels like after three, two to three weeks. I mean, it takes time, right. and a lot of people are looking. No, I want this now, but to, to Right. To balance things out, the body needs time. And, and that's a lot of, that's what happens all the time is we're looking for something right now. But if we, we, we want something to heal properly, we have to give it time. So you start out basically well, trying, just trying to strengthen one side to make it equal to the other side, correct? Well, and, yes. And it's, there's a little more to it than, than that. Um, so the, the, I, can, I can, if I was working with you on squats, and I could say, oh, you're favoring, you're favoring your left. And so you'd be like, okay. And you would do what you think is less favoring the left, but you really wouldn't know. And even if you were looking in a mirror, which I don't recommend, but even if you were, you wouldn't know if you were adjusting enough. But if I give you a lunge or more importantly, a side lunge, I think is even better. And I'm like, okay, do it with your dominant side. All right. See how that felt with your foot, that contact, that timing. All right, try to get that same feeling in the other foot. So you can use the dominant side to give you the goal feeling, the goal sensation for the other side. And you can try to get that feeling to be the same. So I will not have them do three reps, five reps, six reps, whatever, with one side. I will have them do a rep with the dominant side and now go to the non-dominant side. And now you can do a rep with that and try to get it to feel. And I have them go back and forth to try to get that to even up. So that's that's the beauty of it is they can instead of me saying you're favoring this leg on a squat which whatever what does that mean but if i can show you the difference when you do a lunge you're going to feel a difference and it's if there's going to be no guessing you know what i mean and that's that's funny how you talk about that because i have experienced just that doing side lunges i've my it is a lot easier on my left side than it is on my right side and so this it feels also, like a totally different body yeah <laughs> Yeah, it, it that does. Yeah. And I recommend, yeah, that we should all. So the first thing is just try to work each side specifically, correct? Is that what you're trying to say? Use the dominant side. Don't be mad at it that it's dominant. Don't say, well, I've given you too much attention. I'm going to ignore you. Use what you know from that and say, I want to try to get my non-dominant side to try to feel somewhat close to how good this feels. You know so, what I mean? Use that data. Whereas you can't do that with a two leg, like a squat. You can't do that because you're not going to have that input. So, because remember, we're not dealing with highly motivated people. We're not dealing with an athlete getting ready for a meet or trying to get over an injury. We're dealing with people who maybe have no idea what it's like to ever feel good. This is so, and they've probably already trained with someone who promised them stuff that didn't deliver. So whatever you can do to help them understand, this is easy to understand. Okay, see how good that left leg felt? All right, let's try with the other leg. Yeah, see that difference? Because every time the, the, the look on their face is like, I didn't realize it was that different. It's like, okay, now you know. Now you understand what I'm talking about. Let's try to even that up. Try to get a better feeling. And I tell them to focus on it and to focus on the feeling. I can see some, but I can't see anything what they can feel inside. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it, it, it helps them get the tools to fix themselves 
they realize they're a part of it. And even if they're experiencing pain in that hip, is it is it the same thing? We go to the side lunge, even if they're experiencing pain? No, I will try to find something that doesn't hurt without a warm up. And for example, well, what's usually what's usually a small exercise or something like that they could do so they don't reach that pain point or? or... Well, we could either shorten the side lunge. We could do a regular mm -hmm. lunge. We could do um, clock lunges, which is pretend you're standing on a clock and I'll call out a number and I'll say two or six. And that's the foot that has to lunge out and land on number two. Or if I say it's six o'clock, you get to pick either your right or your left leg and step back on the number six. And if I say it's 10 o'clock, you have to step out with the left leg and land on 10, you know? And, I, or we can do step-ups with different, different heights, something that doesn't bother their knee or their ankle, you know? So there's options, there's all kinds of options. I see. And what if, what if the pain is in the front? If there's something, because I've, I've noticed that people, some people actually have just pain in the front where they where they where they try when they try to extend their hip, they get pain in the front. Is there is there something so with hip extension? Exactly. With hip extension. If there's pain in the front, it's most likely due to well, it could be a tight iliopsoas. Um, so maybe doing some. Um, I might try some traction work. So the dumbbell knee ups. I would have or use a kettlebell and hook your foot in the handle of the kettlebell or just hook your foot under a dumbbell, a weighted dumbbell, and stand on a small block with your other foot, your support foot, and just let the weight hang and, and pull that pull that femur down. And that might help traction the hip, stretch out your iliopsoas, and uh, it can also traction your knee and traction your ankle as well. Nice. So after we after we kind of get so once we get to the point where we're pretty much equal, what are some of the right. things we do to con continue to increase the flexibility and the strength of those hips? Well, if they need more flexibility, we'll increase it, but it really depends on what their needs are because it's it's kind of like muscle mass. I mean, if I put on forty pounds of muscle in the next year, at fifty years old, it's going to be a bugger because I'm going to have to keep up that muscle mass you know what i mean Same. to have that look like how much are you willing to maintain so like i do splits just to so show someone the effectiveness of what i'm doing but i don't i don't train people to do splits unless they ask but i warn them that that it's going to have to be something you have to do a certain amount of training to maintain so i i advocate let's just why don't we work on just getting the flexibility you need for your daily life and if you're in to be a weekend warrior, if you want, but I'm not going to look for extreme uh, flexibility. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And so what, what do you usually, so what are the exercises that help? What would be some of the exercises that we could use to help in, increase flexibility to the point where we can live our daily, we can live our lives, our normal daily activities without discomfort, without, without, without having to worry about the the pains that usually the physical pains that usually come with a lack of motion in our joints i would i would say side lunges are, are tops they're probably one of the most underrated leg exercises that we can do you know uh, they require uh, when you you reach out with that leg you're going to develop a lot of flexibility in the leg that stays behind because your adductors get stretched your anchor leg then when you push off 
the adductors on the ankle leg are helping you pull back. And you're using the adductors and the leg extensors of the leg that was lunged out originally, you know, initially. And going back and forth like that can really get a lot of motion going on in your hips and keep your groin very flexible. Your hips are going to be used to moving back and forth. And we just don't have enough trained side to side movement in our lives, I think. Oh, I definitely agree. I, I don't think training, I don't think training programs, they, they may address some kind of rotation and lateral movement, but it's kind of an afterthought or it's a warm up. And I'm like, no, you need to be very strong. If you're going to, if you, if you're going to train someone with weights, then you've got to train them first to be strong, moving laterally and rotationally to balance everything else. And that's something I'm really, thanks to you that, I mean, the bench press has been a huge help to me. I do the bench. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite exercises too. Now it's such a fun yep. exercise and, and you, you can, I can, I can feel it from, from my arm all the way to my hip joints. I mean, it's not like just, yeah. or, just your spine. I mean, you, you, you feel it throughout, throughout your whole, almost your whole trunk up into the arms and then down into the hip joint. It's such a beautiful feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yep. everyone, everyone that's yep. listened to this, go, go, go find, uh james and, and look up the bent press because yeah, it's an exercise that has helped me so much i mean it's actually are you talking a... the seated bent press or the regular bent press i've been doing both so i've been doing seated oh okay i've been doing seated quite a bit but more repetitions yeah. I, with seated i've been doing right. more reps and then with and then with the standing one i've been trying to do cut more and more weight which is i sent yep. you a, i sent you a video with one and i think it was 20 i think it was 20 kilos i had on there that's it yep but man, that was yep. tough. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, but, it's, it's, uh, bent presses, you know, you got to get to the point where it's so heavy that you can't even start it with your legs if you wanted to, you know, yeah, I'm not even close. Yeah. And, and I, it's, well, that's, that's where you really dig in and see what kind of hip mobility you need. Like the, the reason why the bent press became unpopular is because it required an incredible amount of hip mobility, you know? And that's your so quadratus uh -huh. lumborum, glute medius alone, uh, TFL, you know, IT band, uh, just, yeah. And, yeah. That, and that's, and that's one of, and it's funny when I, when I do the bent press standing up, when I, when I, when I go, when I go right, so when I'm going left side up, I can, yeah, I can feel it so much more in my right hip than when I do with, with my left hand up and, and, and my left hip. And I've noticed that too. So I've been. I've been, tr and I've been noticing that how I feel it so much more in my right hip than my left hip. So all these yeah, things, that's, that's, the hip, that's the hip that needs it. Yeah. And so, and so I'm, I'm seeing in my own life, even though I've been, I've been working out, I've been training, I've been doing all these things pretty much my whole life. I've been basically working one side more than the other side, really not even knowing. And if right. I know what I should be doing and I still have it. I mean, how many people out there that, I mean, the majority of us are, are working like that. And that's why it's so important to work both, both sides. And that's why I'm loving these exercises. And I, I, I can't wait to start to, to build up weight to actually see how much lack of mobility I really do have in that hip and how much, and how much more strength I need in that one hip compared to the other. Cause, because oh, it's something I've realized just through, just through patience is, is yeah, when we have, our hips twisted like that we're putting so much more stress on one side on one side and that's what i've noticed that that's why a lot of people have knee pain on one side and not on the other it's because they've been putting they've been stressing that one hip their whole life it's not like it's a big traumatic event but it's these small traumatic events over many many years decades that finally gets to the point where wow my knee has been 
worked too hard for that many years, what actually starts to, and like you were saying, it start, gets inflamed and starts to feel the, the discomfort. And that's what you were kind of saying before we even started the, this whole, this whole, this whole uh, conversation is that you're, you're kind of, um, you're kind of uh, using the analogy with, uh, with food allergies. Could you kind of right, talk, right. can you kind of talk about that real quick? And, and, the, and what you yeah, usually... I, um, I think, I think overuse injuries, I think people don't understand what's going on. Uh, if, if, if you're out of alignment, and basically to me, what that means is there's, there's a way that we're meant to be where we're exerting the least amount of uh, energy dealing with gravity. And so if you have a muscle that's too strong and it's overpowering its antagonist on the other side of the joint, uh, whether there's movement or not, the body is pulling the whole time. If those packs are too short and the external rotators, the upper back is too long, just because nothing's moving doesn't mean the body isn't trying to pull it back to where it belongs. You know, and I think that's where a lot of overuse injury comes from because ironically, you're not moving, but it's still overuse from trying to pull you back into shape. And I think if you don't correct that, I think eventually your body gets allergic to it. It says, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. And that's where you get pain. That's, I think it's a type of, uh, I think sometimes it's, it's diagnosed as arthritis when actually it's your body having an allergic reaction. Just like if you eat too much of a certain food and your body's like, okay, you're not listening to me. I need a break. I'm just going to throw a fit every time you put one of these in your mouth. And I think the body does the same thing with movement. You know, it's like, hey, dummy, fix me. I've been telling you for 20 years or 30 years, you know. You know, it, and that, and that's and so that that reaction is is inflammatory, and that's exactly what it is. It's just a big, it's just yep. a big re, re, inflammatory response, which will eventually cause pain. And, yeah. And if I hadn't seen it reversed or eradicated, is where I get this point of view from. And you know, it's not I'm not just talking and saying, well, this is a theory I have, but I've seen enough people that that uh, when you correct the movement, um, you correct the situation, and you start strengthening what really needs to be strengthening pain goes away because you bring back balance to the joint you know yeah and it that just makes sense it just makes sense i mean yeah. so, so we have and it, it the, the problem is is figuring out so what's the weak muscle what's the strong muscle what needs to be strengthened and all that stuff and and for the hip joint what usually have you seen what's usually the weaker muscles that need to be strengthened in the hip joint well it's it's um the hip flexors definitely so um, is that because then that would be the psoas which causes the which causes so and that is probably due to the, the amount of sitting you're thinking that we're doing or well it's 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 a double whammy um i don't know i don't know how much folks know about anatomy and physiology but we all have dominant uh actions in the body we're born with we'll die with like if you're asleep or when you're tired and you're not paying attention and you your mouth is open well that's the dominant joint that's the dominant action of the of the joint of the uh temporal mandibular joint is to be open not closed you know um it's it's uh, if you take a cadaver and you put it in a back extension machine and you you put it into flexion 
against a few hundred pounds, the cadaver will come back to full extension. You know, there's naturally stronger actions, muscle actions, uh, joint actions. There's always going to be a dominant side of that joint. So you have to recognize that. I mean, look at the size of your calf versus the size of your shin, you know. So the shin muscle is responsible for uh, the tibialis anterior and uh, peroneus tertius are responsible for uh, dorsiflexion. And you got the tibialis, uh, what, posterior and the uh, gastrocnemius and solus are possible, uh, responsible for dorsiflexion. But if you you look at runners and why do they develop shin splints why do they develop problems it's like well look at the size of the calf probably overpowering that shin right it's, it kind of makes sense once you think about it how can that shin keep up with that massive calf so what do we do with lift with lifting we teach people to do calf races and we teach them to do squats what are we doing about shin raises and uh, hip flexor raises nothing <laughs> yeah right so we've got we've got a we've got a lifestyle of sitting too much and not training those weaker muscles and wonder wondering why we have problems <laughs> oh yeah so, oh yeah and so strengthening the the hip flexors and in the, in the muscles of the front of the lower leg are very important yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and do you think the, do you think the, the hamstrings have anything to do with it too? Because we're probably not working the hamstrings enough either. Cause we're looking, we're working the thighs and the calves. Well, are we working the hamstrings? I, if you had asked me that in the eighties, I would have said no, but you know, with, with powerlifting and, and the influence specifically, I should say not powerlifting, but with Louis Simmons and the reverse hyper, uh, we've got people a lot more conscious of uh, doing reverse hyper work. So it's doing a lot of hip extension uh, with a focus on the hamstrings, you know. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of people that do reverse hypers that I'm very surprised. Like I've even found weightlifters in the sport of weightlifting using the reverse hyper machine. That's how prevalent it's become to work hamstrings. Hmm. Um, so I don't think it's as bad as it was, though I think, I think a big problem is machine design. I think we had better machines back in the day because we went for a more comfortable model because when I, when I used to call it a leg curl table and a leg extension table because it was flat. So once they added that pitch, because if you ever try to do leg extensions on a flat table, what happens? Your hips flex, right? But that's not a bad thing. It's an isometric flexion, an isometric contraction of the hip flexors as you're working your hamstring. And I think we had less problems then. And I think people were better at squatting on average because they knew how to pull themselves down into the squat because they had hip flexors that knew how to pull. Okay. Wow. Now, this is just a thought. I could be completely off my rocker. I understand that. But... Um, I think I think we had a better leg extension setup, uh, leg curl setup back then, because of the isometric contraction of the hip flexors. Because now the way it's shaped, you don't have to. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just it, hamstring. Huh. So, and I've always believed that it's a lot better to, to to work as many muscles at once as possible. I don't know what is your thought on that. Yeah. 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 I I uh, isolation for me is a last resort because. 
again, we have to we have to keep remembering who we're working with. I can take a high skilled, highly motivated athlete and give them dumbbell flies to fix some problem in their chest, and they're going to be able to integrate that into what they need quite simply because they have a high level of coordination and ability. But a regular people don't, and so I'm trying to find fixes that use as much of the body as possible. You know, I know people that try to develop like shin strength by just doing shin raises. And I would rather they did dumbbell knee ups with the kettlebell under the, you know, put your foot under the handle of a kettlebell or a dumbbell handle and do knee ups. You're gonna work the action of the hip flexion and you're gonna get the shin action and you're gonna traction the hip, <clears throat> the true hip, <laughs> the lower back, the knee, the ankle. And I think it's gonna give them more than just doing shin raises. And, and, you know, again, we're not dealing with athletes. We're dealing with regular people who have a limited amount of time. So let's give them exercises that give them the most for their time, their training time. You know? So kind of getting, sense? oh yeah, that makes a lot. And so going and trying to get the full picture. So we, we, one of the best exercises would be, would be for the hip. If I'm getting this, it would be knee ups and side lunges. Those are probably the two, probably the two exercise that we would try to want to try to start with if we're not in a lot of pain if you're in a lot of pain of course you start a lot smaller but if you're if you want to right. strengthen those hips and you want to strengthen and get as much muscle contraction throughout the body knee ups and side lunges yep. and and what would be and for you a good stretch plus i, mean, plus I would say also uh if you do um cross leg side bends you can build a lot of hip power you're going to build a lot of power in your not just your quadrilateral but your glute medius and your your um your tensor tfl and your it band so you and when it gets heavy you're actually using a lot of adductor strength as well at the top what was that last exercise again the cross leg side bend oh the cross leg side bend yeah i well we're, we're gonna have to get videos of all these so if you, if, if you could help me out. <laughs> we, I thought you were doing the cross leg side bends. I am. I'm doing those. But for everyone that's listening, so they could see, oh, sure. so they, so they can see these. And, and if you can help me out with that, that would be a big help. Um, but yeah, I'm doing, because these are all exercises that, that are excellent for the hips and we should all be trying to involve, involve oh, yeah. these in our hips so those are three great exercises and i'm going to put those exercises in the show notes so everyone can see videos of them and i'll and actually it'll, it'll be through uh, james james page so it'll be him doing them so we'll get those three exercises and what and what would be a good so like good stretch to 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 get the flexibility too. I I know these will strengthen, but to get to get good flexibility in the hip. Well, the side stretch? lunges will definitely stretch you. Uh -huh. The cross leg side bends will stretch you, uh -huh. and the dumbbell knee ups will stretch you. I mean, they they're will. all going to stretch you. They're all going to. Mm -hmm. um, if if you want something that's kind of a fun drill, well, at least I think it's fun. I'll do kneeling uh, knee, kneeling jump splits. So I'll be kneeling, and I will jump from a kneeling position, and I will pick one leg and kick it back as hard as possible. And the, the front leg will take care of itself. It'll move a couple inches forward, but it won't move far. And what that does is that's an explosive uh, contraction of the glutes. And it really stretches out the um, hip flexors, the lower abdominals and the upper adductors. 
Nice. And that's... I do that before I start doing split snatching is what I do. And I switch which leg goes back each rep. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would. I prefer kneeling jumps with regular people because there's no intimidation. They don't have anywhere to fall. They're already on the floor. Yeah. So you start on your knees, jump up, and then one leg goes back. Yep. Kick it back as hard as you can, just like you're trying to break something. Nice. 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 I mean, these are all great ways to, because like I said, I didn't, I didn't, well, I didn't say it, but one of the main reasons people don't go to work is for back pain. And and, then, and they they contribute a lot of that to my hips. I mean, so by doing, so by adding these three exercises and that one stretch, I bet you the majority of us that are experiencing, it doesn't have to be excruciating pain, but, but discomfort, if we start involving these in our day, in our workouts, we'll see a huge increase in, in in mobility and strength and a huge decrease in what is discomfort and 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 stiffness so i yeah. i are you so when you put this up is it going to be a video as well no it'll just be it'll just be the audio oh, okay because i was going to show you one of the stretches i do on the video oh uh no it'll just be the audio but if we can if you if you can find a video of it and send it to me i'll put it uh, i'll definitely so. I'll definitely, I'll definitely link to that too. I'll get all, and that's what I'm going to do. So everyone's listening. Uh, you're going to want to go to the, to the outline. Cause that's where all these videos are going to be. So you could, you can see them all yeah. and, and actually start to use them. I mean, that's what I'm doing. We're, we're doing this. So we, so we can put these things into our daily lives and overall just increase mobility, increase strength and live lives that are a lot less painful. So again, so James, it's a, uh-huh. it's a, it's a standing hurdler stretch is what I do. So. All right. If you it, can, yeah. It requires a lot of balance and flexibility, but it feels pretty good. I would love to see it. That's why, yeah, I, I'd love yeah. to see it. Um, the other thing, if, if somebody wants something kind of heavy and fun, if there's people out there that kind of want something that's got a lot of meat to it, uh, that'll help you balance out your left to right side, um, Jefferson lifts. Jefferson lifts. Every other rep, switch which side is over the bar. Some people call it a straddle deadlift because it's one foot on each side of the bar, and that can really show you how much you're pushing off more with one leg than the other because you're going to feel really weak and weird on one side, um, and it really hits the lower lat where it comes into the hip. A lot of people don't think of lats that they connect into the crest of the ilium, but they do. And so there's a lot of stress there. And it's just funny, it really helps balance out a lot of stuff left to right with the the hip area, the lower back area, and the foot pressure, how much you're pushing with your feet. And And when when you get up to speed, you should be using as much on Jefferson lifts as you are on your deadlifts. And that's just and that's just basically a deadlift where you're straggling the the, the bar, correct? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've done 600 pounds on that a couple of times. Wow. Yep. Nice. Yep. Well, well, yep. thanks a thanks a ton, James, again for coming on and and, and talking about a yeah. specific joint. I mean, it's so beautiful to learn, and that's why I love bringing people on because not only is my my listeners learning, but I'm learning as we continue to grow and become better and healthier. And so it's just great to have you come have have people on right. and, and 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 teach us, including me. <laughs> so, so, 
Uh-huh. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Are you now? Are you able to do pistol squats? Pistol squats. What is a that's what's a pistol squat? I might I might know by a different name. What's a pistol squat? So you squat with one leg and the other leg is out in front of you. Oh yeah, I can do that. Yep. Okay. Well, this time take the leg that's normally out in front of you and cross it over the other leg. Cross it over. Is that like a someone? Is that like the dragon squat or something? Or what's that called? I don't know. No. I've been doing it for years. I don't know if it's got a name on it. But, so, you know, basically you're going to start like that and then you'll go into a pistol squat. Perfect. And that would be, and that's going to be a, that's going to be a, a great stretch for the hip too. <laughs> that's why I brought it up. Nice. So that's, oh, I see. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah. That's it's kind another... of advanced, but you know, uh-huh. if it's something that somebody's like, well, I'm feeling pretty good. I bet you I could do that. Well, Try it. Try it and let us know. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, a pistol squat is just one one leg forward and using one leg to go down and up. So, all of you guys listening, yeah. so that's that's a pistol squat. And what what yeah. James is considering is actually take that one leg that goes forward and put it and and lay it on the knee that's going down and come back up. Right. And, and that, that'll yeah. yeah that'll put a lot of stretch into your hips also. And that's what I love about their uh, stretches that involve movements. We're strengthening and stretching at the same time. And that's beautiful. Well, there's there are two sides to the same coin. I mean, if you know your anatomy, each muscle that we're concerned with has an antagonist, and you can only lengthen or stretch a muscle as much as its opposite will shorten or contract. So, if you want a max contraction in your tricep, uh, bicep, I mean, so supination, flexion at the joint, elbow joint, flexion at the shoulder. I'm getting a cramping here and I'm getting a stretch in the tricep, you know? So that's how your whole body, it's like, you know, if someone's doing leg extensions and they're saying, I lost you for a second there, but That's all right. I lost it at the very end, but well, maybe we'll just, maybe we'll just cut before I lose all my internet, we'll just come to an end now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, again, thanks for a lot for coming on James. And Thank again, you. you're yeah. on, on Instagram. You're just a strongman archeology, span correct? Correct. So I, yep. I, recommend, yep. I, I recommend everyone that's listening, go follow him because that's where you're going to get to see all this and in video it may it's a lot easier to understand this when you see it it's it's a little bit more difficult yeah. but we but we got the we got you have the exercises that you need to do now go watch them and we'll put all that in the show notes so you can go straight to that and and let's build our hips let's build up our backs so we can live a life that's a lot more comfortable and by doing these exercises yeah. i'm 100 sure that we will be stronger more flexible less pain and just overall better quality of life pain is optional awesome yeah that's i could yeah, i couldn't agree more so well pain thanks it's optional it's up to you <laughs> yeah thanks a lot for coming on james thank you and before i let you go remember this is this is a grassroots movement this movement is between us and this is how we grow this grows because we get the word out one person at a time so a great way to get the word out is by leaving a review of the podcast and my goal is to get 50 before the end of the year so help me reach that goal if you haven't left a review go to itunes 
type in the Lowest Former Podcast, and at the bottom there's a button to rate and review this podcast. That would be a huge help. Also, buying my books as a gift for others is a great way to support and get the word out. Give Playing in the Dirt, the Four Pillars of Health. Give those as gifts, and that helps people learn about the importance of Mother Nature, getting out into nature, and also just a, a nice, simple way to become more healthy. And finally, join my membership where we go so much more deeper into how we bring the garden and our connection to nature and the earth into the forefront of our journey for greater health and well-being. So the first 50 members will get an incredibly reduced price and be locked into that price. So don't miss out on this opportunity to be with other like-minded people building a better, resilient life. Talk to you soon on the next episode of the Wellness Farmer Podcast.